welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 14. I am your host, Chris Romarez. I have returned. That's right. We are back for an episode of the podcast. I've been away for so long, I know. Um, not that I have a good excuse. Well, I mean, I was sick um, the second week of February leading up to Valentine's Day. I don't know what I caught. Um, it's not coronavirus because I'm alive still, but... Who did it feel miserable? And I have mostly healed. Uh, a little cough here and there, but nothing too, nothing too bad. But I've been away for quite a while. But a um, couple of things that I wanted to touch on, especially from the last podcast that I did right at the end of January, um, that focused on mental mental illness, mental health. Talked a little bit about me. Um, huge reaction for the podcast. Thank you so much to everybody who reached out and sent a message and and whatnot like it was absolutely great that you know people were able to connect with it and again like i said every year somebody shares a story with me and it's always a privilege for people to talk to me about the things that are going on in their life and if i can play an importance or if i can you know just help somebody talk about their struggles a little bit more then it's a job completed in my in, in, in my mind, I feel like I've done something. I feel like I've contributed positively, and that helps a lot. Um, so in this week's episode, right, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the trade deadline, a little bit of what happened, going to talk about some winners and losers. Um, before that, though, I'm going to talk about the story that take it over the NHL completely. So if you live under a rock, then you have no idea who David Ayers is, right? And, right, for those of you who don't know, maybe you didn't leave, right? Uh, Carolina Hurricanes were in Toronto last week. Well, last week. It's Friday tonight I'm recording. So, yes, last Friday because I was out. Um, I think it was Friday. I think it was Friday. I think it was, right? Yes, it was Friday. I'm just going to check. Anyways, it's not important what the date was. What's important to talk about, though, was... It was correction. It was Saturday. My bad. I got all this mixed up. So Saturday, right? Carolina travels to Toronto, and Carolina loses both their starting goalies. James Reimer, Peter Morazic go down, and now you have the emergency backup goalie coming in. Now David Ayers is a he's a Zamboni driver for the Marlies. He's in the building because the home team has to have an emergency backup goalie available for both teams. So all of a sudden, now here comes this goalie who's wearing basically leaf colors with a Canes jersey on. And you can see Rob Brennamore's reaction is, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. And I think the whole hockey world, like I was, I I didn't watch it on TV, but I was following it on Twitter a little bit. And when they said emergency backup goalies in the game, my first thought was of David Foster, right? When he came in for the Blackhawks and I'm like, oh my God, this is like, it's happening again. And a couple of thoughts here, right? So at this point, Carolina's winning 4-1, okay? Here comes Ayers. And now, again, the guy can keep up a little bit. He practices, but it's not the same thing. You're being thrown into a game now, right? He played 28 minutes. And I'm looking at this now, and I'm like, man, the Leafs have a golden opportunity. Like, this is you're not just being thrown into, like, a game where you got to go up against the Detroit Red Wings. No, you're you're up against this a high octane, high offense, power juggernaut of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and right. So Toronto scores on their first two shots. Right, John Tavares takes a shot, goes through his legs. You're like, fine, it happens. 
Um, man, I forget who who scored the other goal. I'm going to get it because I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, I think it was Engvall. Yes. So Engvall gets one. Jake Gardner kind of tries to block it. Falls right to Engvall. He puts it in the net. Now it's 4-3. And because I, I went back the next morning and I watched the game from the moment Ayers took over until the end of the game because I wanted to understand how the Toronto Maple Leafs didn't win. This team with all that offense can't win when you score two quick goals in the se- in, in, in the second period against, again, a goalie who is like he's not even East Coast Hockey League level. And I'm watching this, right? And then Eric Holler goes up to him after a second and, and he tells him, right, because he said after, he said, look, just calm down, have fun. Doesn't matter how many goals you give up. Obviously, at this point, Carolina is saying, "Well, you know what? Like, it is what it is, right? Like, this is the situation that they're put in. We got to do something to help this guy. We can't just leave him out here." And from that point on, I think from the third period on, the Carolina Hurricanes. If I were to teach a clinic about how to play team defense, or if Toronto wanted to figure out how to play team defense, they would watch the third period of that game because Carolina shut everything down. They gave Toronto no room to execute. They suffocated an offense because, and again, to me, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, all the Leafs got to do is cross the blue line and take a shot on net. You have no idea if it's going to go in or not. None. Like who knows? This is a guy who is a Zamboni driver for Lee. Like he's scrimmaging. He, he practices with the team, but still practice, not the same. And they couldn't get anything going. They had, I think, was two power plays in the third period. Nothing. They generated no offense. Give Ayers some credit. He came out in the third and did exactly what he needed to do. He was just, he he was there. He stopped the puck. He had a good chance on Jason Spezza. He stops it. They had 10 shots total in the game. Two of them came in the second period where they scored. And the last shot on game with, that was like, you know. So technically the Leafs, in all that garbage, had what? I mean, six, no, seven shots total in the third. Like, that's that's not normal. You had 10 shots in 28 minutes against a goalie who, again, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him because he did what he needed to do. And the Carolina Hurricanes deserve all the credit in the world for playing exactly the system that they needed to play. And the Leafs should be the team taking out that game film afterwards and saying, man, what did this team do? Because Freddie Anderson, again, gave up six goals. The Leafs have given up six goals or more 10 times this year. They are in a, they are a, like, they're so bad, the Leafs defensively. And it's getting even worse, right? Jake Muzzin got hurt. He's out of the lineup. Morgan Riley's still not ready to come back. Like, this team is not good defensively. Their defense is questionable AF. And their goaltending is just, it's not what it should be, right? Like, Freddie Anderson's not making the difference. And I'm not going to put all the blame on him because it's obviously not his fault, right? The team in front of him doesn't give him a chance, really. And he just gets bombarded and gives up goals. It's normal, right? I don't think Freddie Anderson is elite. He's average at best. And he's on a terrible defensive team. So it's normal that he gives up a lot. My point in this is, Give the Carolina Hurricanes some credit. Give David Ayers some credit. This guy has been everywhere after that. And he should be, man. This guy's a rock star. Absolute rock star. Like, he picked up a win. 
It's the first time in NHL history. His stick is going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. He was in Carolina on Tuesday to sound the horn. Like, good for this guy, man. And I, I and I know that you know the owners are heading down again to Boca Raton, and or, or is it the GM's meeting? Who knows? Anyways, some bunch of people, and they're going to talk about the emergency backup goalie and how to fix it. Because some people look at this Brian Burke obviously and said this is a disgrace to the NHL. No, it's not. Okay, first of all. He, like, how are you going to solve? This is one of those sports where things like this can happen. It doesn't, like, people always say, oh, it would be like taking a guy out of the stands at a baseball game to hit. Yeah, but you're never going to run out of players. Never, right? You could, if you want, dress a player to be goalie, but I don't, you know, most teams don't do it. And now a lot of people are talking about, well, you know, why don't you carry three goals? A, you can't carry three goals, right? The New York Rangers are doing it, and there's no goalie who wants to split a net. Right. Anyways, right. That Rangers situation aside. Okay. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, why don't you just carry like a third string goalie kind of, you know, a guy who doesn't play practices here and there. Right. Kind of like, I don't know, you know, for practices, you have an optional practice. He can take part in it and you pay him X amount of money a year, hundred thousand, hundred twenty thousand dollars. He follows the team around and, you know, that's his job. Kind of like the bullpen catcher. Right. If you think about it that way, the bullpen catcher doesn't really play, but his job is to squat in the bullpen when pitchers warm up. Fine. But again, let's let's say we go with that theory, okay? How good is that third goalie anyways? Like if you like he's not AHL quality, obviously not, because he could be playing in the AHL. Probably making more money or about the same, but he's actually playing hockey, right? And he has a chance to maybe get called up and play in the NHL. So this guy would, again, maybe an East Coast Hockey League goalie at that level would say, well, you know what? I'd much rather play hockey than just be the guy who never sees. Like, people are trying to sell this as, like, an experience, you know? Goalie gets to follow. He he gets paid. He travels with the team. Doesn't really play. Kind of like the practice squad, I guess. But I don't even, like, practice squad, I don't even know if they travel, right? Do they? Or most players will, you know, if you look at it, football players sometimes will... Like, they want to be on the practice squad because they get paid more than playing in the CFL. But some players will go play in the CFL, right? So I don't understand. I I know that the league kind of looks at this and says, man, it's making a mockery. I don't think it does. I think maybe you should have, you could look at a better quality. I still think obliging the home team. Because a lot of people looked at this and said, well, the Leafs got beat by their own guy. No, the Leafs got beat because they suck. And again, give Carolina some credit. They played excellent team defense. They put on a clinic. They made the Leafs look like trash. That team played like garbage. Because here it's 4-3, right? After two. Carolina comes out, bang, they score a goal. Are you not ready to play this game? Like the Leafs should have been coming out in the third period hungry. Coming out and just firing pucks on goal. 15, 16, 17 shots in the third period. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. They played like trash. So again... How like how how do you want to fix this? What are you gonna have some guy travel around with you who's probably not that great either? Again, a bullpen like a bullpen catcher doesn't have to worry about signs and stuff. All he's got to do is catch the ball, right? You couldn't put him into a game. That's not how it works. And even if you did, they'd run on him nonstop. Your opposing team would take advantage every time they can. I don't think it's a black eye. I think it's one of those cases that kind of happens every once in a while. Like, fix blindside hits. Fix headshots. 
the concussion spotter isn't even working properly. Like, there are bigger issues to fix in the NHL than worrying about the emergency backup goalie that happens every once in a while. Like, let's not forget, he's a goalie. He's a goalie. He's played the position. They didn't take someone out of the stands. This is a guy who has to be in the arena who's played goal. And again, I mean, he was decent. He was good. Every team at that point obliging them to carry one on the road. I Again, I, I don't know how you fix this, but I don't think it's something that we should be trying to reinvent. And I don't think it's a black eye. It's a feel-good story for the NHL. This guy... Like, I think the reason why people connected so much with him is because he's, right, it's like, it's so Canadian. You living out your dream of playing in the NHL, this situation, it's kind of one of those things that you dream of, all of a sudden, here it is, right? It's not like he was 75 or 8, like, this guy's in pretty good shape. But again, like, even if you wanted to force a team to carry them around, like, I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, his salary won't count against the salary cap. Okay. But again, like, how are you going to get this to work? What are you going to do? Travel some guy around who does nothing? I'm sure there's be people who would sign up to do it. But again, how much better are they than the actual solution that you got? Again, David Avers didn't make a mockery of the league. He wasn't bad. He came out. He played the position. He's a goalie. And he did pretty well. David Foster did the same thing. I thought his game, right, when he came in for Chicago against Winnipeg, was a lot tougher. He was good. He was good. He came off. He was ready. They did what they did. A lot of people, like I said, are just looking at this. And again, I'm one of those people that believe because it happened to the Leafs, people are all of a sudden we got to talk about it, right? Because this is technically a Leafs goalie, right? But he's available to the other team. And he comes in and he beats the team. Like the team has him there and stuff. But again, This could have happened in any situation for any other team as well. But I feel like we're talking about it in a way that needs to be fixed because it's Toronto. It doesn't have to worry about this doesn't happen often enough for us to all of a sudden be like, again, let's say this happens in Montreal. Okay. Let's say home team at this point, right? Well, at that point, right? Their farm team, the AHL team is in Laval. Maybe you get a phone call. Maybe, you know, your first goalie gets hurt. He may not come down. Maybe you give the, you know, your an, another goalie a call. You say, man, you know, let's get him here. Let's get him here or whatnot. You could, you know, you make an emergency call up. That's it. This player's coming up. You get the goalie to leave whatever he's doing and say, okay, well, you know, drive to the rink, get dressed in case we need you. Like none of the, like, like Morazic couldn't come back, right? Let's say he could or James Reimer or something. Maybe he plays only five minutes and then they take over. They, they could have dressed the player, but that probably would have been worse. Don't dress a player. Let the guy who plays the position, no matter at what level, play. And again, I can't, I, I can't stress this enough. Give Carolina credit. They shut the Leafs down. The Leafs should be embarrassed. They should. So good for David Ayers. Feel good story. Good for Carolina for just riding this as well. They, you know, they sold some t-shirts. He was getting some of the proceeds as well. You know, the conversation talked about how he had a kidney transplant at that point. So some of that money is going to the kidney foundation and whatnot. Like, it's a feel-good story. Like the guy said he got 500 bucks in a jersey. That's what he got. I heard some stories around that, you know, the players pitched in, gave him a little bit of more money, but like they were genuinely happy for this guy after the game. 
They're jumping up and down, water bottles and everything. The speech afterwards that Brenda Moore said, like it, like you feel, because you know Brenda Moore, and, and again, you can see the video of it. When he sees this guy come in, he's like, what the hell is coming on here? And the league's looking at this saying, well, man, like this has playoff implications. What if the Leafs miss the playoffs by a point? They're going to look back at this game, right? But again, not a black eye. All the Leafs, the Leafs were given the opportunity. They were given an upper hand. And they didn't take it. So again, I don't know why this is problematic. I don't know why the league's trying to, you know, spend time in a, you know, in a board of governors meeting and saying, well, we need to try to fix this. No, you got other fish to fry. Fry those first. Don't worry about the emergency backup goalie that happens now once in a while and worry about things that are important. That's how I see it. I don't see it as a black eye because he came in, both goalies so far, none of these goalies have come in and have been lit up, lit AF up, none. If David Ayers comes in, gives up eight goals on 10 shots, okay, fine. Maybe you're having a different conversation today about it. That's not what happened. They didn't come in and, you know, be not good. The two, you know, both times that, you know, when when Foster came in and when Ayers came in, they played well. So I don't think this is a massive problem. I really don't. I think we're trying to make it a massive problem. I think the league thinks it is, but it's not. So good for him. Good. It's a feel-good story. Brings a little bit of publicity to the league. You know, good for everybody at that point. That's how I see this. There we go. Next, let's take a look at the trade line. Trade deadline passed. Some teams did some things. Other teams did nothing. So we're going to look at three teams who were winners, three teams who were losers, okay? Let's start with the losers, okay? Because some teams in this, I feel like they had an opportunity to do something, and then they didn't. And we're going to stick with Toronto here. Let's stick with the team that, again... You lose to an emergency backup goalie. So now you've seen your problem. Your defense is not good. Now the Jake Muzzin injury happens like a day after the trade deadline. So there's nothing you can do there. Still, what did the Leafs do themselves to, to do something? They did nothing. All they did was retain 50% of Robin Leonard's contract so they could facilitate a trade from Chicago to, to Vegas. So that's what they did. They facilitate. They gave up some cap space. So they can help another team get something done for a fifth round pick. That's what they got from Vegas. This is a team fighting for a playoff spot and they're facilitating cap space that they don't have. Fine. Good for you, Dubas. You're really, you really got this figured out at this point. They do nothing. Absolutely not. I understand they did stuff before. Yeah, but they traded for Kyle Clifford. That's not what you're solving here, bud. That's not what you're solving. Okay. They traded Michael Hutchinson away. Good. Doesn't make a difference. Doesn't make a difference. He's he's trash. They did nothing. They made some minor league deals. Nothing that helps the team. Nothing. And that to me is kind of the problem, right? They went to get some players. Like I said, they went to go get it. The stuff that they did before the trade deadline didn't really help. Didn't make them better. Really didn't. I know they went to go get Kyle Clifford. I know they went to go get Jack Campbell and stuff. Jack Campbell is a backup goalie, man. It is what it is. Kyle Clifford's a depth player. That court didn't get better. He didn't bring in a piece and say, hey, man, look, 
He should have, regardless of the Muzzin injury, now with hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But he should have probably gone out and done something anyways. Didn't do it. He didn't do it. So basically, you're telling your team, look, man, figure it out in this room. That's it. You guys figure it out here. And I and and in, again, I'm looking at this. I'm saying, well, maybe Dubas said, well, maybe we don't need to do anything. Because in the Eastern Conference, let's be honest, okay? In the Atlantic Division, you have Boston, you have Tampa Bay. They're going to make the playoffs. That's all you really need to worry about. Outside of those two teams, okay? Like, let's be real honest. Florida was a seller at the deadline, okay? They're also a loser in this case. We'll go over that pretty quickly with them, okay? You have Florida, you have Montreal, you have Buffalo, you have Ottawa, you have Detroit. Let's eliminate Ottawa and Detroit. Obviously, they're not anywhere near making the playoffs. Buffalo is a mess. They're not making the playoffs. Montreal, oh boy. Okay. So your only real team that could take away a spot, right, or challenge you for for that final spot, because again, the wild card is going to be two metropolitan teams. Let's let's eliminate that. Five teams from the metropolitan division are making the playoffs. It is not a team from the Atlantic. So you got three spots. Either you win it. So there's four teams fighting for three spots. Two of them are basically there. So it's between Toronto and Florida. Now, Toronto beat Florida yesterday. Today's Friday, so Thursday, right? Key matchup, four-point swing there. And again, Florida hasn't really looked great all year. So now, Florida is four points back. They, they have a game in hand. But again, maybe Dubas looks at this and says, well, I don't really need to do something. Nobody's challenging this, you know, that spot. Maybe we make the playoffs. And we see at that point who we face, right? And we try to figure it out from there. And that look, that's fine if that's the route you want to get. But you're not giving your team more pieces. You're not giving them a boost. This is a team that has given up 216 goals, okay? Florida has given up 218. I just want to put this into context, okay? Again, Let's exclude the Detroit Red Wings because they are a trash can hockey team, okay? You've given up 216 goals. New Jersey has given up 214. Buffalo has given up 196, okay? There are not that many teams that are giving up 200 goals in a season. Florida is one of them. Montreal's given up 204 as well. But again, they're not a playoff team, right? Florida can score goals. So can Toronto. They've scored 229 goals. Of those 229, no team in the Eastern Conference, right? In the Atlanta, oh, I'm sorry. Well, no, I think in the, yeah, Eastern Conference total. That's what I'm looking at here. Nobody in the Eastern Conference scored more goals than the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they're a goal-scoring machine. We know this. They cannot defend. They're plus 13. Fine. They're a good home team. They're, I mean, they're average on the road. That's fine. Most teams, you just have to play 500 on the road and that's it, right? But they've given up too many goals. I think, I think Dubas should have done something. But again, maybe he saw no need to do it. Maybe he's just saying, look, we'll get to the playoffs. Anything can happen there. Fine. Florida is a loser. Obviously, they traded Vincent Trocek away for Eric Halla and Lucas Walmart. I don't know why they did it. Right, a little bit of stuff going around was ownership told them to shed money, which probably makes sense because it's Florida, right? But again, this is a team that's right there that's challenging for a spot, and you head into the trade deadline as a seller. 
You're not really giving your team any hope that they're going to make it. You're certainly not selling tickets again, right? I know Vincent Trocek's had a tough year, but again, I see them as a loser. I do see Florida as a team that lost. They should have done more. They didn't. Again, quick losers, doesn't really matter. The third team that I found was a loser is the Arizona Coyotes. Now, I know what people say, yeah, but they traded for Taylor Hall. Good, they haven't been that great since they've acquired him. As a matter of fact, they're moving the opposite way, okay? They are. They are not. They're four points out of the Pacific Division, right? Third place, Edmonton is there. They currently do not occupy a wildcard spot, okay? Nashville is three games in hand, okay? There are some teams behind them that have some games in hand as well. So Arizona's this team that you go out and you trade for a player of right a player who's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. You're saying, "Well, we're going to give him, you know, let's try to convince him to stay here." Taylor Hall's going to get paid. That's for sure. Whether you agree that he should get paid or not is irrelevant. He's going to get paid. Now you're trying to sell him on the Arizona Coyotes on a long-term deal. If I'm him and I'm looking at this and I miss the playoffs, man, couple of things. First off, Oh, man, is New Jersey going to be happy, right? If I'm the Devils, I'm sitting there going, okay. Like you traded a player to a team, and again, if they miss the playoffs, that kind of helps out a lot, right? Which is nice. It's one of those things that you kind of just turn your head and you say, okay. Because don't forget, now, Arizona here, so their first pick is a conditional pick. Obviously, that makes sense, right? So if... Arizona gets a top three pick. New Jersey, at that point, will get Arizona's twenty their first round pick in 2021. So they can defer it should they get a top three pick. Most teams now are protecting their picks. They want to make sure. Okay, And there's a whole bunch of other ones, right? They have a conditional third that could become right a first round pick if Hall resigns and the Coyotes win around in the playoffs. It's not looking like that. Okay, And again, I don't think that their conditional... Third round pick in 2021 becomes a second round pick. I really don't see any of this happening because I don't see them making the playoffs. I don't see them at that point re-signing Taylor Hall. But again, who knows? But I feel like Arizona should have done a little bit more to solidify that team. Go out and get another forward. Go out and get another piece on defense. Their goaltending in my mind is good, right? Kemper is healthy now. Ranta was, you know, he wasn't bad. But again, I understand but I feel like they should have done something. Just a little bit more. Didn't happen. Big losers for me on trade deadline. Those are those are the three teams that I really do see as losers. Okay. Let's take a look. I think I'm, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have more than three though for winners. Okay. Let's start with I'm I'm gonna give simultaneous winners here. Okay. I'm gonna count this as one because I don't want to count two. San Jose Sharks are a winner. The Tampa Bay Lightning are winners. Now, Tampa Bay paid some they paid a premium for the players that they went out to get. They paid a first round pick, right? In uh let me see. Uh da, 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 da. so okay. So Tampa Bay traded a first round pick that they acquired from Vancouver in the JT Miller trade. Okay. So Here's what, if the Canucks do not make the playoffs in 2019-20, the 2020 first round pick will transfer to a 2021 first round pick. There's a good chance that Vancouver makes the playoffs. So this pick is going to be a little bit farther, but still. Here's the nice thing, though. 
They acquire Nolan Foot. The Devils acquire Nolan Foot. I don't know if I consider the Devils really a winner, though, in any of this. But again, side point here. They sold off some pieces. I understand it. This is a team that's going to rebuild, and now they're probably going to do it the right way, right? They're going to miss the playoffs again. They're going to get a high first round. Well, I mean, they're going to have a chance to get a first round pick. First overall pick. My apologies. And now they've gone out and they've acquired some assets. They went out and they got Nolan Foot. Tampa Bay paid a premium for Blake Coleman, but they went out and they got a player. Now, they also paid a first round pick for Barkley Goudreau. That I found a lot. But again, Tampa Bay's looking at this saying, man, like they got outstood at four last year. This is not what they're doing again. Like, I feel like they went out and they got some good players to help their team get better. Blake Coleman's actually pretty good. Barkley Goudreau was just on a terrible team. Now he's going to slot into where he needs to be, third-line role, right? Again, they paid a premium. They paid their first-round pick. They had two first-round picks, Tampa Bay. They went out, and they got something, right? I give credit at that point to the San Jose Sharks. This is a team that knows that they need a pick because their pick is sitting in Anna, in in Ottawa's hands. Ottawa's licking their lips. They're also a winner on trade deadline day. This is a team that has, they have their pick, which they know is going to be low. It's absolutely mind-boggling that their pick, their own pick for Ottawa, could be higher than the pick that they were given from San Jose. Like, San Jose could literally lose and get, like, first, second, or third overall pick easily. And Ottawa's pick, their own pick, would be higher, right? But again, let's stick here. Tampa Bay and San Jose, to me, are winners in two different ways. San Jose went out and acquired what they needed. They moved Patrick Marlowe. They got a pick, right? And that's fine. Pittsburgh went out. They did what they needed to do. I thought they would do a little bit more. I mean, they did kind of stuff. They kind of just solidified their roster, right? They went out. They did things. I think I, you know, I I could con- consider Pittsburgh a winner, but I, usually they do so much the trade deadline. They always go out and get that player. It's like, how did this happen? Like, how did you do this? But they didn't. So I'm just, I, I mean, I, I don't think they lost. I don't, I just don't think they wanted. They went out, right? And they got a conditional pick at that point, you know. And again, they got a third round pick for it. San Jose did what they needed to do. They liquidated some assets. They went out. They got some picks. I call them a winner. Tampa Bay as well as a winner in my book. They did. They had some picks and they said, hey, let's be better. Let's go out and really solidify our roster completely. They also signed Zach Bogosian, right? It is what it is, but again, they're adding pieces to their team that can make them better. Good for them. I like it. So those two teams are a winner. My other winner, obviously, is the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators went out and they did something. I think it was kind of kind of fun. Well, not fun. No, that's the wrong word. They did it the right way. Okay, They moved pieces out and they went to go acquire picks. They moved Tyler Ennis to Edmonton. Edmonton, by the way, I think, I don't know if they're a winner, but they did things. I like what they did. They went out, they got some pieces to help their team. Are Tyler Anderson, you know, Athanasiu going to change everything? Probably not, but they went out and they got some pieces. And McDavid makes everybody better, so good for them. But Ottawa goes out, they move some players, they get some picks, right? And that's good for them. This is a young, you know, it's a team that's rebuilding Moving Pajot was probably difficult. They get a first-round pick. They get a second-round pick, right? Now, again, it's lottery-protected should the Islanders win, you know, the lottery or pick in the top three. Unlikely that it happens, so they're going to use that pick this season. Ottawa, again, if they use the, if their 2020 conditional pick that they got in the Pajot deal 
sticks for this year. They have three picks in the first round. That's pretty good. They also, again, they traded guys like Nemesikov. They went out and they did things. For a team that needs to rebuild, Ottawa did it the right way. And, you know, for all the fun and stuff in Montreal that we talk about, I mean, MB collecting draft picks. Like, Ottawa's done it. They've gone out and they've collected it. They have they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks in the first two rounds. Nine in the first three. They have 14 total this year. 14. That's pretty good. That's really good. They've gone out. They've collected some high first and second round picks so that they can get the players that they need. Right? They're rebuilding. That's what they're doing. It's a rebuild. They'll call it what it is. And they're not afraid about it. Right? Montreal, the other side, right? They're going out. They're collecting picks. They have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. They have 14 picks. They have a whole bunch in the second round. They have three in the second round. They only have their first round pick. Whatever. I don't know if Montreal was a winner or a loser. Right? They traded Kovalchuk. It absolutely broke my heart. I bought his t-shirt afterwards. It was on sale. That's a whole other story. I mean, I I am not destined to get my Kovalchuk t-shirt, right? I would try to buy it, right, at their practice facility that they have here. They didn't have it in stock. Just a t-shirt. I wasn't buying a $300 jersey. Couldn't find the t-shirt. When I had gone to the Bell Center, I wasn't able to buy it either. I ordered it online. My package, I have no idea where it is. I don't know if Canada Post lost it. Somebody stole it at the door. I'm not destined to get my damn t-shirt that I want. But again... I understand why Montreal moves Kovalchuk at that point. Maybe they, you know, they tabled, they talked some contract. He probably wants to go to a contender. You know, the relationship was good. MB sent him to where they needed to send him. He's going to go play with Ovi. You know, good for Kovalchuk. And I guess, you know, I, I guess Bergevin can be considered somewhat a winner. I know a lot of people want to crucify him for not moving Tatar and not moving uh, Petrie. Again, to these people, you have, if. Sorry, I'm joking. Um, a lot of people say, well, why didn't you move it? Look at, like, Tampa Bay's trading a first-round pick for Barkley Goudreau. How are you not going to get decent ads? Like, enough with the picks, man. Your first-round pick that you're going to get can't help you, okay? Tatar is your leading point guy on your team. Jeff Petrie has played real well. You still have to roster a team for next season. And Bergevin has been very clear about this. They're not rebuilding, they're retooling. You can disagree with his with how he wants to do it. I think they should just rebuild. But again, if you're rebuilding, you're not keeping guys like Shea Weber and Carey Price. You're moving them, and they're and they're not going anywhere. So you're trying to keep the team competitive. Mark Bergevin believes that next season they can be at that point if you're keeping these players. Obviously, you tried to trade them next year. Will they become rentals? Maybe you get a little bit less because now they don't have term on their deal or nothing. But you cross that bridge when you get there. Bergevin believes that he has a chance, and he traded players away who basically said, look, I don't want to sign before the trade deadline. I might want to test the market. Boom. Gone. Simple as that. He traded players who said, hey, man, I don't know if I want to be here because there are some players who talked about contract, weren't really sure, and he said, okay, fine, I'll trade you. And that's it. Marco Scandella, same thing. They offered him a deal. He said, "Ah, I don't know. Boom. Out the door. Probably the same thing with Nate Thompson. Probably the same thing with Nick Cousins. Again, he did what he needed to do. He tra- He didn't trade any of the core players away. He traded pl- players who were on expiring contracts. He went out to get, again, the famous picks that he loves. But, I mean, I just think between Montreal, like I said, and, and Ottawa, Ottawa's the big winner. I really do think. I think 
Lou Lamoureux paid way too much for Jean-Gabriel Pajot. And then, like, like Pajot signs his deal, like, 10 minutes later. That's probably a tough thing to do, right? Like, maybe Ottawa said, well, you know what? Like, I'm not going to give you that money. Maybe his agent said, look, the deal's, you know, the deal here with the Islanders, they're going to give you the money that you want. I'm sure they knew before. Like, there's, there's no way a deal came together in 40 minutes after, right? So they... You know, the team probably knew at that point that they were going to give him the money that he wanted. Otto was probably saying, I don't want to give a lot of money and a lot of term to, you know, a player at his age. You know, he's, he's not old, but he's, you know, he's getting up there closer to 30 and he's going to be on the wrong side of 30. So, you know, they move him for what they can get. That's a tough one, but they go out and they collect their picks. And again, good for them. I really think they were a winner. So that's. So, yes, let's recap here, okay? Because now I'm going off everywhere. I just, so many teams did some good things here, and I like it. So, San Jose, Tampa Bay, I'm just going to count them as one, right? That's it. Ottawa's a winner, in my mind, okay? The Vegas Golden Knights are a winner. I'm going to give them some love, man. The Vegas Golden Knights didn't do much, but they did what they needed to do. So, they addressed their backup goalie situation. Like, Malcolm Subban's not really good. Right, So they find a way to facilitate the money to get him to Chicago. I don't know why Chicago would want him, but whatever it is. It, it is what it is. Right, The Leafs, again, facilitate this trade. I don't know why, but it doesn't matter. Vegas goes out and gets Robert Leonard. Robert Leonard's been really good. Right, like He had a good save percentage on a terrible team that was just giving up a million shots per game. Now he's going to Vegas. Much better structure there. Marc-Andre Fleury's the starter. Maybe they'll take away a couple of starts from Fleury. You know, give him some rest. Like, he's Fleury's still the starter. This isn't a 1A, 1B. Like, this is, like, again, Fleury is the starter. There's no question about that. Don't get it wrong. Robin Leonard's coming in to support that. Maybe he gets a couple of starts here and there. You know, really help balance this out for the team. You address the need there. I really like their deal as well to go and pick up Alec Martinez. I really do. They didn't go out and get much. They get a guy who solidifies their blue line a little bit. It's an extra piece. He's been well as well. They go out. They get Nick Cousins. Yes. Like, I'm so happy Montreal traded Nick Cousins, right? If you follow me on Twitter, then you know how I feel about Nick Cousins and Jordan Wheel. I'm ashamed that they couldn't get rid of Jordan Wheel. Nick Cousins is now with the Golden Knights. He scored a power play goal. So maybe Nick Cousins is a good player and he should be on the power play. And, you know... Tonight, as of Friday, right, the Vegas Golden Knights are in action. Um, Mark Stone's out of the lineup. Nick Cousins moves up to the second line. So maybe Nick Cousins is just a good player, and I'm just, I'm lost on this planet. But again, that's neither here nor there, right? They go out, they get Nick Cousins, who apparently can play top six, top nine if he wants, but they just, they solidify everything around, and good for them. They didn't do much, but they went out, and they did the little things that they needed to do to make their team better. And I like it. I like what they did. So I'm going to give them a props. I do think they're a winner. I really do. I think they won there. Good for them. That's what they needed to do. They make their team better. I think it's going to help as well because now they have a real chance in the Pacific. The Pacific is wide open, right? I don't know how serious Edmonton is about it, right? Calgary is kind of like Calgary did a couple of things. I still feel like they could have done more. Nashville did absolutely nothing. This team is, uh, how did I forget that? Nashville's a loser. Like, screw Nashville, man. They did nothing. This is a team that's in a hunt for a wild card spot. They did absolutely nothing 
in a division that they could easily slowly get there. They have they have two games in hand on Vegas, right? Nashville's played 63 games. Vegas has played 65 up until now, and they are six points behind. Assuming you win those two games, then you'd be two points behind. They're right there in the division that can be taken, right? Vancouver went out. They did some things. I don't think people think Vancouver's a real team, but, you know, the Brock Besser injury sucks. But they're looking like a team that's destined to make the playoffs. I don't know how great their goaltending is going to be at that point. But I do think their their lineup, their top nine is good enough to compete. And their defense is good enough to compete as well. We'll see once they get there what happens if they make the playoffs, right? But Nashville, huge losers, man. They didn't do anything. Like, they don't deserve to make the playoffs. But that again, neither here nor there. I don't think, you know... Colorado really didn't. I feel like they could have done more, but they didn't. But maybe they just like their team as where it is, right? Maybe they know that Miko Ranton is coming back. They have some good pieces here and there. I'm not really disappointed that they didn't do much, right? You know, their goaltending, I guess, is the most questionable thing, but you're not going to acquire, you know, a top goalie at the trade deadline. So, again, neither here nor there. Let's go back to what I was saying about Vegas. Yes. So, Vegas now, right? To me, this is the team that, you know, they're leading the Pacific. They did the most. I really think that that's, you know, it's going to set them apart. They can run away with that and win the Pacific Division. They could. And then they kind of leave all the other teams just clustering in there, trying to figure it out. But, you know, good for them at that point. They went out. They did the little things that they needed to do to make their team better. And I like it. And I'm going to give one more team here a win. And this team doesn't win ever, but they did what they needed to do. The Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings moved players that they needed. They acquired some draft picks. They moved Athens to CU to Edmonton. Edmonton gave them two second-round picks, 2020, 2021. That's good. You went out, and you got what you needed to get. I like Athens to CU and Edmonton. Like I said, Edmonton, I don't know if they won, but, you know, they did stuff. But fine. Right, they go out Detroit and they move. They have a bunch of cap space, so they figure, okay, well, you know, we'll retain some salary there. They retain ten percent. Um, no, I'm sorry, they didn't retain any money. They got Sam Gagne in return, and Edmonton withheld. They retained ten percent of the salary. All right, um, but again, lots of things I like there. They went out and they did. They moved Mike Green early. Okay, and I mean they had to retain some money there. That's for sure. Okay. And now here's the thing. Obviously, the condition to the fourth round pick that they got, right? It upgrades to a third round pick if Edmonton advances to the conference final and Mike Green plays in 50% of the games. Now, Mike Green is already hurt. So Edmonton's getting the full Mike Green effect here, right? They picked up a fourth round pick for a player that's kind of washed up. I don't know why Edmonton would want to add Mike Green knowing damn well he's going to get hurt. I mean, death taxes Mike Green getting hurt. Three things you can count on any day of the year. But... Again, I'll give it to Detroit. They don't have many other assets that they could have moved. But they went out and they got they got something. I, I, I guess you could say, well, some other teams are bigger winners at that point than Detroit. But again, Detroit went out and they did what they needed to do. They got a couple of things here and there. You know, they have picks. They don't have a bunch. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They have ten picks, right? Still pretty good. They have a bunch in the second round as well. So that's going to be good. They're not going to be high picks, but again, whatever. There's, I feel like maybe they could have tried to move some other players, but I mean, let going down this lineup, you're not going to get much for players who, I mean, nobody wants them, 
Let's be honest about this, okay? Franz Nielsen is 35. He's got three years left on his $5.25 million deal. Nobody's taking that contract. Justin Ablocator's 33. He's got four years left at 4.25. Nobody's taking that. Darren Helm, 33, 3.8 for two more years. Nobody's buying that. I don't know. Maybe you could have traded even a guy like Volteri Filippi. He's 35, $3 million left for two more seasons. Like, you know, this year and next year, obviously. But again, who's going to buy that? I don't really know. And then, I mean, Luke Glendening. It is what it is, right, in this case. So there's not much you can get. I don't know. Maybe I would have liked to see them move. Maybe guys like Jonathan Erickson, Trevor Daly, right? These are guys who you probably could have moved and get something. I don't know if moving guys like Alex Biega would have really mattered. But anyways, right, they can't move a guy like Jimmy Howard because Jimmy Howard, nobody wants him. Right? He's been terrible for so long. So again, it's not like they had much to do or were able to do much. Like Nobody wants those players. Detroit's going to have to live with the contracts that they have or buy them out at that point. Right? They have a ton. Well, not a ton, right? but still, they, they, they did what they needed to do. That's what I want to say. Uh, to me, in my mind, they're considered winners. They were able to do something. They moved something. They went out and they got picks. They did more than some other teams did. So good for Detroit. I think they're a winner. So, again, let's recap this because I've, I've, I've talked a lot. Um, Tampa Bay, San Jose, winners. I'm going to give um, Ottawa a win. Right, I'm going to give Vegas a win. I'm going to give Detroit a win. The rest of the other teams, like I said, neither here nor there. Maybe they did stuff. Maybe they didn't. Didn't really matter in my books. They were kind of just there. These are teams that I looked at, and at the end of the day, I said, wow, you won, or, man, you lost, right? I can't believe I forgot Nashville. Man, oh, man. Nashville goes straight into the loss category. How, I mean, that's that's the problem with Nashville. They're a little bit forgettable at this point. And that's probably a problem. But anyways, again, neither here nor there. And that, folks, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up the podcast for this week. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at FuzzyChris91. Okay. You can follow the podcast directly at Slapshot Podcast. Okay. You can get it on the Apple Podcast. You can get it on Spotify. You can get it on Stitcher. You can get it on Podbean. There's a whole bunch of great places you can check it out. Fancyfix.com as well. You can find it there. Um, so many great things. Thank you to everybody who supports the podcast. If you want to support it directly, you want to make a little donation every month, head over to the Patron account. You can find it. Um, on the Slapshot Podcast Twitter page, just go down. You can sign up and support the podcast directly if you want. Um, again, you don't have to if you don't want to, but if you do, that's one way to do it. Um, if you have something specific that you want me to talk about, you can always slide into the DM. Let me know at that point, and we'll take a look at that. I should be able to get back to my regular. I say this every time, but who knows, right? Really? It's up in the air. But I should be able to do, again, my goal is to do a podcast once a week. There's enough happening in the NHL world for this to be able to happen. You know, granted, if I don't get sick again, I really don't want to because, man, that was miserable. But assuming I stay healthy, assuming I'm not day to day um, with whatever virus I've picked up, um, like I said, I've healed. I'm surprised I only coughed once, which is good. So I'm proud of myself at that point. Um, but yeah thank you to everybody who supports the podcast thank you for everybody who listens Um, and we will do this again next week yeah